welcome to Future of Journalism, a podcast from the Reuters Institute for the Study of Journalism at the University of Oxford. I'm Federica Cherubini, Head of Leadership Development at the Institute. This is a special series of our podcast and it's dedicated to the Digital News Report 2022. Over seven episodes, we're diving into the most comprehensive piece of research on news consumption around the world. In this episode of the series, We're joined by lead author of the report, Nick Newman. Nick has co-authored a chapter that looks at which individual journalist news audiences pay most attention to. We look at whether these journalists represent traditional mainstream media or newer digital born brands and whether they are known for reportage or opinion, for example. Nick, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Federica. So this is the first time the Digital News Report has asked people to name which individual journalists they follow most closely. So it's a complicated subject, um, but what it is about today's media environment that made you ask this question in the first place? Well, obviously, uh, digital and social media has opened up the opportunity for anybody with a phone and an internet connection to create content and distribute that content um, for free, uh, effectively to do some of the roles that journalism and journalists did. So we've seen the rise of citizen journalism, uh, blogging, uh, now podcasting. So basically, you know, you don't need to be attached to a traditional media company to be a journalist anymore. And then in the last few years, we've seen the development of a series of platforms that allow people to make businesses out of this. So um, the most obvious one is probably Substack, which is a platform that allows any individual journalist really easily to charge money for a newsletter or a podcast. And this is kind of really game-changing because it gives the structure and incentives to allow individuals to become media companies and to make a living out of it. So uh, there's a lot of hype about you know, this change about the creator economy, and we wanted to see how that's working out in, in journalism. When people think about journalists, do they think of these creators? Do they think about um, people working in the mainstream media? What countries did you look at um, and why? So we just looked at six countries because we wanted to go um, deep rather than wide. And um, we, our starting point was the US because that's where the sort of creator economy is really sort of uh, going fastest. Um, but then we also looked at um, uh, Finland, Germany and the UK, um, which we know from other work has uh, strong brands. And so that we, we expected to see sort of stronger brands and, and a lower role for individual journalists. And then we looked at um, France and Brazil, countries where we know individual journalists have traditionally played a bigger role. A large part of this chapter is based on a survey line asking respondents to write the names of five journalists they pay most attention to. However, a big caveat around the data should be that less than half of all respondents name a single journalist. Did you see that as an indicator that many people just don't follow the news that closely, don't, don't have many names in mind? I mean, part, partly that. Um, but I think it's also a function of surveys. People doing surveys don't like to, to spend a lot of time on questions like this, so we probably shouldn't read too much into it. Um, But, but we do know that, that people struggle to, to name journalists beyond maybe, you know, television newsroom readers who've been in their lives, you know, every evening for, for, for many years. Uh, people pay attention to stories, but not necessarily to, to the journalists. Um, and, you know, it was interesting to see that confirmed uh, to some extent, at least in, in that statistic. Uh, 
we'll, we'll look a bit of specific names um, in, in a moment, but I'm just curious, um, were there any names that you were surprised to see? Uh, any non, particularly non-traditional journalists that kept um, coming up that you were surprised about? Uh, generally, no. <laughs> I mean, pe people people named broadcasters and also print journalists, um, and they tended to name those who had either been around for a while or had been controversial in some way. And, and in almost all countries, we found that uh, the vast majority named traditional journalists. But in the US, um, we did find a much, much bigger proportion, uh, something like 15%. Uh, many of whom I had not heard of at all. So effectively, a really long tail of people you might not think about as journalists. So um, we tagged them, um, uh, we coded them uh, alternative and independent, and they included uh, YouTubers, they included podcasters, they included comedians, um, authors and academics was another sort of interesting category, social media influencers. Um, th this was, you know, more in the US than in other countries, but we saw that too in Brazil. Uh, for example, there's a, you know, a, a name that came up regularly called Zoe Martinez, who um, is a younger um, vlogger, and he, she combines political and social discussions with sort of her personal um, vlogging adventures, if you like. In Germany, there's a young YouTuber and podcaster called Tilo Jung, who um, has this sort of persona of a, of, of a naive young man and asks his guests very basic questions around the news. Um, uh, came up a lot in the US. Um, Joe Rogan, obviously, um, uh, who, and actually in other countries as well, who, who is obviously huge on Spotify, um, but many people wouldn't think about as a journalist. And then finally, I think there's a category of, of politicians as well. So um, we found a lot of people who we asked, about journalists you pay attention to, and they gave us politicians, because of course the line is blurring. You have many politicians who now anchor radio and television programs. Nigel Farage um, in the UK is, an, is, a, is a prime time anchor on, on a channel called GB News. Eric Zemmour, one of the, um, uh, you know, front, one of the candidates in the French presidential elections this year, was an anchor with, um, with CNews or commentator with C, C News. And so I think this sort of line between journalists and other types of professions is sort of blurring all the time. I want to I want to ask you more about names, but first, um, did you find that people follow individual journalists um, more um, than news brands? And what what explains the, the findings? Right. So so right at the at the beginning, we asked everyone in the survey, do they identify more with a news brand? or with an individual journalist. So this is obviously, uh, you know, not, not the way people think about it. It's a rather crude way of looking at it, but, um, but it really did, did show some really quite surprising country differences here. So for example, 90%, roughly 90% in Finland, Denmark, uh, some of those Nordic countries say they mainly identified with the brand. Um, so only a tiny percentage said they, they identified with the individual journalists. That's also true in the UK. And we know from other research we do, these are traditionally very strong, have very, very strong brands and very strong connections with individuals. Whereas in France, Brazil, and to some extent in the US, we have a much higher proportion who say that they identify with the individual journalist. It kind of helps to explain why Substack is doing better in the US than it is in the UK. Um, but also 
um, in France and Brazil, over 50% said they mainly identified with the individual journalists. So um, I think this is really kind of interesting because it suggests that maybe, you know, if you're thinking about monetization and sustainability, maybe there are different ways to go here. Maybe for, you know, some of the strong brand countries, you know, you're really pushing on the brand, but maybe if there's more identification with journalists, you want to make more of your individual journalists and you want to maybe tie that into a brand subscription. So you want to develop uh, some stars who, who can really sort of bring that connection if that seems to be um, what the data is telling us. Let's get some more specific. Um, who were the most closely followed journalists um, that survey responds identified? If we start for the UK with the temple, for example. Uh, well, the top the top ten list uh, had uh, actually a couple of political journalists at the top. So Laura Kunzberg is the BBC's political correspondent, and Robert Peston, ITV's political correspondent, and that's I guess because they have been on screen constantly and on social media constantly for for years, talking about Brexit and talking about COVID. So you know, every night in people's living rooms, every night on people's social media feeds. Um, you also had um, a correspondent from a, a newspaper, Pippa Carrera, from the Mirror, who has broken a lot of the exclusive stories on Partygate, for example, uh, the scandal involving Boris Johnson in the UK. And I think that you know this is quite encouraging. It shows that uh, that the people recognise news journalists who break stories, not just you know opinion. TV journalists. I should say we also have Piers Morgan, who 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 is in the top ten list, who. Uh, is well known for his more opinionated views and television shows in the US and uh, Australia and the UK and has just launched a new show on talk TV. Um, but uh, interestingly, uh, you know, also opinion columnists um, from The Guardian, which is kind of free um, in terms of not behind a paywall, uh, three of those make the top 10 list, including, uh, which is a sort of real testament to that left-leaning publication um, and uh, the value of opinion. So you've got traditional impartial based news on the one hand, and then opinion uh, as well. If we look at the US, for example, um, was the list broadly comparable um, to the type of journalist um, in the UK? No, I mean, completely, completely different. I mean, what the, the top 10 list is basically all stars of cable TV. So either Fox, MSNBC, CNN, I think there's one from ABC in there. Um, and so led by Tucker Carlson, uh, you know, fairly notorious uh, presenter on uh, an anchor on on, on Fox. Um, much of the content of this content is is deliberately partisan. Um, so very much in contrast to the UK, where the vast majority of the top ten lists um, have a duty to present impartial news. Um, in the US, uh, it's it's very very different, and I think that's kind of really interesting because it's showing the extent to which people are exposed to um, much more partisan opinions in the US and the power of television, whereas the UK list was much more split between print and uh, and, and, and broadcast. Um, yeah, and, and then I think the other really interesting thing is um, was diversity. We looked at gender balance of in, in different countries and broadly, you know, across all of the countries we looked at, about 70% of those mentioned were men. Uh, also, they tend to be white and lower representing representation of ethnic minorities than the national population. Um, but what you have is broadcast media, 
particularly in Europe, tended to be much closer to sort of 50-50 gender balance. So there's been a lot of work on diversity within um, uh, public service media, for example, and, and that was reflected in our data as about 50-50%. But top name print reporters and columnists in places like the UK and US and Germany tend to be overwhelmingly um, male. So, so you know, the, the gender balance seems to be um, distributed very differently depending on the media type. Was there any other pattern that you um, were able to find in the other countries that you look at? I think one of the interesting things is the is the mix of um, print and television. So television dominated. It's not necessarily that they are only paying attention to these journalists in broadcast because many of these television personalities have also developed social media um, presences as well. But... Um, but in 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 you know television kind of dominates, but less so in the UK where you've got these strong brands. Less so in Finland where you've got these strong print brands. Um, the print uh, journalist seems to have developed much stronger presence and a much stronger connection. Uh, again, I think this speaks to some of the trends that we were talking about in terms of monetization um, and the ability of some of the Northern European brands in particular to monetize that connection with the brands. You, you, you touched on it before, but do you think news organizations find it beneficial or, or detrimental overall um, to their brands, um, having prominent journalists within their ranks um, who can potentially reach millions of followers directly? I think it's a bit of a double-edged sword. Um, you know, I think clearly now top journalists, star journalists play a, a key role in the performance and reputation of brands. Uh, and we're certainly seeing a, a move to uh, star journalists and the price of some of the top talent in terms of wages is, is going up significantly. Um, so, for example, uh, Joe Rogan, who we mentioned earlier, is earning huge sums to present his Spotify uh, series. Um, but you're also seeing stars being poached. Um, uh, so stars and BBC, for example, uh, a number of them have gone to global radio in the, in, in the UK. You've seen the New York Times hiring a lot of top digital talent. And then some of that top digital talent being stolen again because the power of journalists who can work across different um, platforms is uh, and host podcasts and newsletters um, uh, and and sort of bring in different audiences uh, is, inc is incredibly important. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's about you know the, the need to be distinctive on the one hand um, and having key talents part of that, and I think it's also um, something to do with the changing nature of media as well. Social media, podcasts, newsletters are much more vehicles for personalities. Um, and so it's partly, you know, me media companies know that they have to um, embrace those uh, those new channels, and that requires building up some more of those personalities. The double-edged sword bit is, is it, you know, it, it can be detrimental if that person becomes the brand, and it can take away from, from the overall, uh, they can just leave uh, and take their followers with them. Indeed, uh, a fascinating but complex topic. Um, Nick, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Thanks. Our guest today was Nick Newman, lead author of the Digital News Report. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Digital News Report 2022 podcast series. 
You can catch up on other episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcast. If you want to read the report in full, you can find it online at digitalnewsreport.org slash 2022. And if you don't want to miss any news from the Institute, subscribe to our weekly newsletter by clicking the link on our Twitter bio or on our homepage. This was Future of Journalism, a podcast by the Reuters Institute. I'm Federica Cherubini, and we'll be back soon. Thank you.